Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Stop Your 706. This is Dirt Burn Nation Report, the unofficial official podcast of Falcons Twitter. Today, we have two very special guests, a first-time guest and a returning guest. We have Mr. Scott Karasik. Karasik, did I say it right? I'm sorry. You said it right the first time. There we go. Karasik. And we have uh, Charles McDonald, uh, two very prominent members of Falcons Twitter, uh, two of the more sane people, well, sane-ish <laughs> people on Falcons Twitter. I don't know if anybody on <laughs> Falcons Twitter is completely sane. They might need some help. Uh, we're uh, definitely apparently alcoholics and uh, weed heads, but it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do to cope. Uh, we have our hosts, uh, Lethal Saint and the bearded legend, Josh. Uh, so what's what's good, y'all? Nothing much. Thanks for having us on the show. I'm uh, excited for draft season to be over because it's been too much. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Agreed. And yes, definitely. Thanks for having us on the show, man. I appreciate it. You know, anytime. Um Josh, what's going on, man? So you got the red lights going on. You feeling good? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Hawks up. You know, we're doing the show. So, yeah, I'm in a good mood. Uh, Lethal, what's happening? Hey, another day, another dollar. I appreciate y'all coming on. And, yeah, we we are definitely the drunkest um, the drunkest <laughs> fan base. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> drunkest and highest. Drunkies and the brownies are so good. I just got some water. I'm, you know, just got some water here. Got that spittle fart bottle over there. You know, got to keep, got to keep my palate wet. But anywho, yeah, let, let's get into it, man. So the biggest thing that's going on in Falcons Twitter, which has been amplified with our draft position, having the fourth overall pick, is to get a quarterback or to not get a quarterback. So. If you're on Falcons Twitter, you know this has been a huge civil war. It's very annoying to see every single day, every hour, every minute, Falcons fans going back and forth arguing whether we should look towards the future or continue to say that, hey, Matt Ryan, we can still make some things happen, even though we know our roster isn't in the greatest shape. Um, They'll use outlier examples like the 49ers game this year to kind of justify that, hey, if we had better coaching, we can make things happen with this roster, which I'm like, maybe, but consistently I, i'm not too sure but we do have a great opportunity to potentially lock in another franchise quarterback for the next couple of decades or so with the way quarterbacks are playing into their 40s well tom brady's a bit of the exception but you get my drift and fans have been killing each other every single day by the hour of what we should do and we've spoken on the podcast of what we think we should do i think the falcons will take a quarterback at four i'm not really sure who it is i really don't care but whether they do or not as long as we win, I don't care what we do. Um, we know what Josh wants to do. Uh, I'm not going to even ask him, but um, we'll start. We'll start with Scott. What are your your views on uh, Falcons Twitter having this ridiculous war about what the Falcons should do with the number four pick, whether it's taking quarterback, trading back, or doing other things, or taking so, like Kyle Pitts or something like that? That's the hot flavor of the. If, right. if it was me, I'm looking at a trade back a couple spots because. I like the idea of amassing as many picks. I think the draft is a crapshoot no matter who you're picking, where you're picking, what you're picking. Just shotgun method, get 15 picks every year, whoever sticks, sticks, and then just go from there. Um, outside, of, outside of that, honestly, I think quarterback is a right move. I think you go pits. Just take the guy who's worth number four overall. Like, if you feel it's Justin Fields, go Fields. If you feel it's Lance, go Lance. If you feel it's Pitts, go Pitts. I don't think anybody but those three guys are worth number four. I don't like Zach Wilson. I don't think he's that great. I think he's Mitch Trubisky part two. I don't really like Mac Jones that high. I like him at the end of the first, not the beginning of the first. 
I think Lance right now is a late first guy, but with the right training and the right situation, which Atlanta kind of looks like a perfect situation for him, he's worth that number four overall pick. So it's all about who fits the right way. If they take Panay Sewell at four, I'm sorry. I like the guy, but we've seen another tackle go six overall. It really doesn't change the really doesn't change the team that much. I hate to say it that way. A new offensive guard at four overall isn't gonna win ten games. You need playmakers that high. Yeah, I mean, I kind of think that they should take a quarterback. And it's not it really has nothing to do with how good Matt Ryan is right now. It's just like if things go right, you're never picking this high again. And we all know how hard it is to get a franchise quarterback. So, like, if you're sitting here at four and we're, like, we're looking – we're not at the end yet, but, like, we're looking at the end of uh, Matt Ryan's career. I think it's just kind of worth the opportunity cost to just take a guy at four. Uh, whether you like Lance or Fields, no Mac Jones. I don't even think they're in the Mac Jones market. I think it's – if they're for quarterback, it's Lancer Fields. Uh, and just hope that that pick kind of works out for you. Uh, Pitts would obviously be great because, I mean, he's, like, probably the best player outright just in this draft class. I mean, we're talking, like, Travis Kelsey, and he might be a top, like, seven tight end his first day in the NFL. Uh, Tony G, man. He's Tony G. Okay. I mean, what like, is that like, you know, Hall of Fame caliber type of prospect that we're talking no, about? But how you how you use him? Like, he could be like Tony G. You can play him outside. You can play him in the slot. Like, Pitts is a beast, man. Yeah. I mean, I, Kelsey's like the same kind of way with how the Chiefs use him now. I mean, it, it's like like that style of receiving tight end. But fair enough. if you're going to trade down, like, that's why I kind of like this draft for the Falcons because they're in a good spot. Like, quarterback, I get the vision. Pitts, get it. If you want to trade back, like that makes a lot of sense too, because like the Falcons, they're in a tough cap spot probably next year too. And the best way to kind of alleviate that is just to get some rookie contracts on the table and get some cheap contracts that are going to be bodies for your roster. So that makes sense. Like if I had to rank it for me, it would be take a quarterback and then pits and trade back are like tied for me. Josh, what do you think? Trade back. Of course. Why, Why, Josh? Can you give us some specific reasons why we should you know, actually take I mean, a franchise quarterback in a spot we normally would not be in? I mean, again, like, like how Charger said, we if things go good, we may not be in a position again. Who's to say things may go good? We, we draft the quarterback and the defense is still terrible. We're going to be back in the top 10 the following few years. So just trade back, accumulate picks. Build your trenches and build your defense. And so go Josh was here before those pre Matt Ryan years. I can already tell. <laughs> Doug Johnson, uh, Kurt Kittner. Um, I mean, just build a, a complete team. Like, why? Why can't we do that? Well, that, that's operating ninety-eight. That's operating on the premise that you're going to draft, you're going to turn around and trade back for these picks and build this, build this defense. But like, that's operating on the, on the thought process that Matt Ryan which he could be around for, say, another play at a great level for at least three to four years, which is possible. But that's about the time it's going to take for these rookies that you're drafting to get to the point where they're contributing at a high level. So here's here's my question there, because I noticed that is a big contention among Falcons Twitter. 
Why do people think that Matt Ryan can't play those five years? Because he's 36 years old? He was never a mobile quarterback to begin with. He was never known for arm strength to begin with. His accuracy, his accuracy, his reads, all the leadership stuff that he brings, that's what made Matt Ryan one of the top quarterbacks to ever play. No matter what you think about him now, his entire career, he's probably a top 25, top 30 quarterback all time at worst. He just happened to play in the era where – Number one, number four, number five, number seven, number eight, number 10, like all those other guys also played. So why can't he play till he's 40? He's not winning with his feet. He's winning with his intelligence. He's winning with his accuracy. And his arm strength really hasn't declined that much. It's 95% of what it's been. And what, it'll go to 93%, 92%. Tom Brady's out here making these same throws that Matt Ryan was making with less arm strength than what Matt Ryan has right now. So again, Tom Brady is kind of the exceptional rule. It, people will look at people like Matt Ryan and say, Hey, why can't he do that? And, and the answer is because he's not Tom Brady and that's no shade to Matt Ryan. Nobody's Tom Brady, but Tom Brady, but I'm not saying that Matt Ryan cannot play to the level, but eventually he's going to be gone. So why not have your cake and eat it? And again, that's we're not saying that his his physical tools are not what gets it done, but why not as he's easing out, we ease in with one of the newer generational guys that has all the same tools that can be our guy for the next 10, 15 years. That's a fair point. So I mean, I, I think the Falcons are really not in, in a in a win-win situation. Like whatever we do, as long as we get the most value out of whatever pick we make, we'll be fine. It's just gonna be unfortunate if we have the opportunity to take one of these guys and we don't. And then they're torching us for the next 10 years. So, I mean, I know quarterback classes come and go, but this one seems to be pretty solid from a talent and prospect standpoint, with the exception of the whole Mac Jones, Zach Wilson thing. But that's that's another thing. But yeah. I mean, I'll say I'll say this. If if I like I understand the you know, keep Matt Ryan trade down or take Kyle Pitts, like, I get it. Uh, but I think in order for me to feel comfortable with that, like we need to, like Arthur Smith needs to be good today. Like <laughs> he needs to be good right now. If, uh, if they're not going to take a quarterback. And I think that another reason why I think quarterback is my, it's probably going to be a pick at four is like, it just gives Arthur kind of a longer leash for his career because bro, like if you're, if you're taking Kyle Pitts, right. And you got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts. Mike Davis, who's a better running back than Todd Gurley. Yeah, you got to show me something like ASAP. So I, I think that that uh, I, I think he might take a quarterback just to buy himself some time. Like, oh, you know, if it doesn't work out, Matt, I got my other guy right here. And, you know, like that, those conversations like definitely get had in, in front offices, or at least that's how some of these guys will think when they first get in the door. But that's pretty par for the course. Whenever you have a new head coach, new GM regime, they're not tied to the old guys. So if Arthur uh, Smith sees one of these quarterbacks say, hey, this is the guy for my vision of what I want the Falcons to be moving forward. From a job security standpoint, you'd be a fool not to do that because you can at least say, hey, I'm going to handcuff myself to this guy who I think in my head is going to take us to wherever we want to be with the championship versus rolling with a guy that's established. He's a great quarterback. He's shown what he could do. But at the end of the day, within the next three, four five years, this guy's going to be gone. Now you're starting over. 
and you're going to be kicking yourself, you're saying, hey, Justin Fields was the guy in my head who was going to take us where we want to go with my offense or my system. And then you're going to end up being fired and working for the Jaguars, something like that. So that's why I think it would be wise for all parties. Hey, if this is the guy that you say is your guy, your franchise player, take him and, and make things work. Because, again, we all know historically, you know, the whole Kyle Shanahan thing, uh, Matt Ryan is not great in the first year of new offense. When And this is like his 26th new offense he's had to learn. So we can't have the expectation that he's going to be great at the gate. Like that would be that'd be a fool's errand. So, again, I, I would make the moves that are going to make this franchise sustainably good for the future versus, in my opinion, a little bit of a pipe dream that, hey, we can just trade back and get this guy and plug this piece in. Our roster has a lot of holes to fill. And by the time those holes are filled, we may or may not be in a position to make some big moves. Well, and the other argument there is, are these holes that need to be filled or was it coaching? You know, were the coaches last year inept? I feel very confident looking at the defense saying that they need some serious talent. Like that, that second sucks. I'll I'll agree there, (laughs) but I'm saying on offense. Because I think we all saw that same dirt cutter, like run it up the middle, run it up the middle, or maybe we'll do a quick pass offense. And then it was a eight minute, takes eight minutes for guys to get open downfield kind of route. I, I hate Dirk's offense. Yeah, I mean, they're better. They're, they're better off with Arthur than Dirk, for sure. Yeah, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. I think the pieces fit better with Dean Pease than they did with Dan Quinn, too. I mean, Fowler's better standing than he is with his hand in the dirt. I mean, yeah, but, like, if I take a turd to, like, a five-star restaurant, they're not going to be able to make it to a steak for me. It's, it's, still, it's still tough, <laughs> you know? I'm just saying, if you put Grady Jarrett out there and you use him like he's Donald, Fowler's a good complimentary piece. You've got pieces there that have solid roles that are potential, like that solid potential and role, but you don't have the full makeup. You do need pieces of talent. You do need talented guys. You need to go out and get another true edge rusher. You you need to go out and get two safeties because I don't think Eric Harris is going to be really anything but a veteran leader back there. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't think Jalen Collins is anything but a special team guy. And who's the other guy even on the roster? TJ Green, who washed out? Like, none of these guys are good. And then at corner, like, Oliver's solid in the – Oliver's solid in the (laughs) – Oliver's solid in the slot, but then Terrell's, like, real good outside. So that's it. You That's all you got. So I'm with you there. You need pieces, but what are you going to do? But and that goes back can, to my wait, point. Can I cuss on this real quick? Yes. Yes, please. A, hey, Sniffles, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what Scott yeah. said, because I'm clearly dark chocolate over here. Okay. Now you're taking it okay. too far, but you derailed the podcast. But anywho, <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess uh, – ooh, that's a good question. Um, No. Yeah, that's we all know that. That's no. <laughs> the defense needs a miracle. Three drafts. Three drafts. Five. I hope it's a little faster than that, but yeah. Right. <laughs> like, maybe maybe if they can draft like Ed Reed and Troy Polamalu in the second round, then we good. <laughs> I, think like, I think they're like one draft away from being average. Damn, that's that's a. Ooh. I, mean, I, I think I, I think they're great. 
but like not going to lose you a game if you're up by a touchdown in the in the last minute. If I, if Fowler is not just like for. a lemon, that's possible. But he was just so bad last year. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know how much stock to put in that moving forward. Like I don't know if he's just like a complete lost cause, or if Dean Pease can unlock something. But like that that front, the defensive line specifically, just needs so much help, and the secondary too. Like you're good at linebacker with Debo and Foyer, you're straight there. But like everything else needs some talent to me. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's why I say Trey. But I think you got something with Jerry. And throw in Patrick in the, in the secondary with AJ. You, yeah, you got Jarrett and you got Terrell. You got um, Davidson's got potential. I mean, he was COVID riddled last year, but he's got potential. Not Tyler Davidson, the Saints guy. I'm talking Marlon Davidson, the one. Oh, the no, no, the no, no, Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Former right. Saints a turncoat, man. Yeah, I don't trust that guy. So, Josh, I've seen this brought up as well as far as trying to pair uh, A.J. Terrell with uh, what Patrick Sertain Jr., correct? All right. So, uh, again, that sounds good, but rookie cornerbacks play like rookie cornerbacks, right? So it's going to be a lot of ups and downs, and a lot of those downs are going to be plays that are possibly going to be losing us games. You know what I'm saying? So I, I get it, but I think to have the most impact – from a non-quarterback sort of play now, I, I would probably have to go with a Kyle Pitts if I wasn't going to go with the quarterback, just because he can be an immediately immediate impact on the offense and, schematically. You know and, what I'm and I get that, but that's still the same page and the same book for the last decade. Try to outscore teams and pray that the defense can stop somebody. We've been doing that. I mean, I hate to say it, but that's how they won the Super Bowl. That's how Tampa won the Super Bowl this last year. They just outscored teams over and over again. Their defense was good. No, that's the best run defense in the league. They had like a top five. Who runs the ball in the league anymore, man? It's a passing league. Who gives a shit if they got the best run defense? They need the defense that gets the most picks, that gets the most sacks, that gets the most turnovers. No one runs the ball. Hey, Falcons ain't close to any of that stuff. So, <laughs> exactly my point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we ran the ball that one time when Matt told somebody to not score, and what did he do? He scored anyway. You remember that, Josh, your best yeah. friend? Damn good dog, baby. Yeah, what? Matt. What? He's not the only Georgia. I don't blame. <laughs> I don't blame Todd Gurley for that. I blame the defense for not being being able to hold a lead with 64 seconds left. If your defense can't hold a lead with 64 seconds left, you got bigger problems than a running back scoring a touchdown. Exactly. I'm sorry. And they had no timeouts on top of that. Josh. They They had no timeouts. We wouldn't have stopped for a pick without that, so thank you, Todd. (laughs) Yes, I respect respect the hustle. Points have been made. Points have been made. So – Real quick, so I, I'm going to assume, uh, Charles, you're for the Falcons drafting quarterback. And, Jeff, what, what did you want to do? I didn't get what you really wanted to do. Well, it was Sewell until somebody came and derailed my hopes and dreams. Thanks, yeah. Scott. Sewell um, makes – I don't think Sewell will be, like, the worst pick ever, but you're basically telling McGarry to fuck off. Well. More or less. I don't know. I mean – which I, I don't people fuck off all the time, so I don't have a problem doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem doing that either. But do you really need two 
guys at tackle that are going to be that much count that much contract four years down the line. Yeah. You know, Facts. do you really need two guys at tackle like that? I no. guess it, and he's going to play guard his first year. Yeah. I mean, if you're for, if you're anti quarterback, like that's the easy uh, argument, you know, it's tough to have a f- number four overall pick just sitting on the bench, taking like picking up that much cap space when you kind of need that cap, I guess, moving forward to fill out the roster. Like that's the anti-quarterback take. But if you don't care about that, then I don't know, just, just take the quarterback. I mean, and to me, if you're going to do that, then it's you got to get a playmaker. Yeah, outscoring people, that's how you win games in today's NFL. But it's not just that Pitts can play tight end. It's that Pitts could go out wide when Julio comes off the field those 30% of the snaps. And when you're thinking snap management, you need a guy who can go out there and burn a defense. Well, if you got Pitts and you got Calvin on the outside and Hurst at tight end, you still got at least three guys that can go out there and burn a defense with Gage on there. And you can do so many more creative things, sub guys out, keep them fresh. Hey, when Calvin wants to go sit out, or if Calvin's out for a little bit, what are you going to do? You can play pits outside. Just my thoughts. It gives you a lot more creativity, a lot more flexibility, and then you can take like a fifth round running back because running backs don't matter. So, Facts. So we got – I want – I'd say the Falcons do quarterback. Jeff wants Sewell. Uh, Charles wants quarterback. Josh obviously wants to trade back. And it seems like Scott is on team train back. Uh, Jalen, the legend, has entered the podcast. What are your thoughts on what the Falcons are going to do at, with the fourth overall pick? Do you want us to do quarterback? Do you want to trade back? What are your thoughts on this? Because you know the Twitter's been a dumpster fire with this uh, topic. It's getting very old. Yeah. Uh, get take the quarterback and figure out the rest later. <laughs> I don't think uh, like 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 Charles was saying, Sewell wouldn't be like a terrible option, but you kind of just invested a first round pick in somebody like literally two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. You could kick him to the curve for all I care. Like, I think he's okay. I don't think he's like amazing or anything. He's not like irreplaceable. He's, he's okay. But uh, you got almost the same amount of production for Matt Godo and he's getting a second round tender. So like you could do that. I would probably hate it, but cause I want the quarterback because my whole stance on the draft is it's about value more than it's about like players sometimes. And with the fourth pick, there's nobody really there to take beside the quarterback. If this draft was like super heavy and defensive, like star, I'd be like, sure, go for that. But it's heavy in quarterbacks where they pick. And the other only other option really is a generational tight end or a tackle that you don't need. That makes sense. So the people that are making these decisions, of course, we have a new regime change with uh, Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith. Uh, what are you guys? What were you guys' initial thoughts when we brought these gentlemen in, as far as what they will bring to the franchise? And again, this will be their first draft, so this is going to hold a lot of weight on what happens with this franchise for the next, you know, possibly decade or so. So, just your quick takes on the new regime. Uh, I was happy. I, like, Arthur was the guy. It was Arthur and the enemy were the two guys like at the top of my list. So uh, I'm glad that they got Arthur Smith. I mean, just look at what happened with Tannehill, like when he got there, and like obviously having Derrick Henry and uh, AJ Brown helps. But you know, you're walking into a situation with two bet with 
honestly, two receivers that I think are better than AJ Brown. Uh, Cause I think Ridley's better than, than AJ Brown as well. So, you know, I, I honestly expect a lot out of Arthur, at least his first year, because I do think he's a really good play caller. And uh, from people I've talked to, they seem to think that he's built for like this head coaching lifestyle. So uh, I, I expect the offense to be much better than it was last year, barring like Matt Ryan getting hurt or something like that. And with Terry, like, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, there just wasn't much, there weren't many moves to be made this offseason with the Falcons cap situation. So I, I, I guess for Terry, we'll see, like ask me that question in three years when he's been able to have a bigger impact on the roster and some of the cap stuff has, has cleaned up. But Arthur, I'm expecting a lot year one. I like the move. Terry's used to working for a team that basically had to draft for years because they've been in perpetual cap hell. And he understands that the cap is basically a credit card. And you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing until your franchise quarterback retires. I mean, that's really what you do. That's what New Orleans has done. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't want to do that. It's what New England did for years. I know Tom Brady took a bunch of deals, but, I mean, that's what you get for being the trophy husband to Giselle Bunkin. Um, like, I'm not really too worried about Terry. Arthur Smith wasn't my top choice. I wanted the enemy. But they run basically the same kind of offense. They run that zone blocking scheme. They run that West Coast offense. I mean, I get why you would pick Arthur Smith over Enemy because he's got more experience at the pro level, where Enemy has a little bit more at the college level. But, I mean, you couldn't have really gone wrong with either guy. It's more about the staff that they built. And I do like Dean Pease running the defense. I do like the special teams coordinator they brought in from Detroit, even though he wasn't – I mean, special teams, people don't think about it a lot, but you get the you get the guy. You know, you get the guys that can do the job and do it well. Okay. Good, good, good. All right, so I know that the uh, NFL has been kind of weird as far as covering sports with uh, everything COVID-related. It looks like things are going to start smoothing out a little bit more as far as people being able to go to the stadiums. Um, I guess my first question is, would you be skeptical of going to a game if they allow, you know, thousands of people in there? And then also being that you guys are very heavy in the covering sports, how has that affected, I guess, kind of your, your hustle, if that makes sense, as far as covering sports in general? I mean, not just the Falcons, but, you know. How has that made content a little bit different? Because I know we don't have the combine, which is everybody's kind of favorite way to, you know what I'm saying, measure players and determine who's going to be a future Hall of Famer based off the Underwear Olympics. But we were kind of robbed of that. Uh, what are your thoughts on all of this? And also, does it, does that affect how you think people will draft? Because, I mean, pretty much now you have to just go off film and pro days. So, you know, that kind of could affect people making less risky decisions, if that makes sense. So the well, big I, thing with the combine is medicals mm, more than anything else didn't think about that. and the interviews. Um, they still did like the medical side of it sort of this year. There were some guys that didn't show up that really needed to be evaluated though. Jalen Phillips is one of them. Tons of concussion questions. Um, they're worried about, uh, I forget the guy's name. Um, sorry, I had a brain fart. They're worried about a couple of the running backs that are coming out this year. They've got, knee injuries, ankle injuries. Uh, Chuba Hubbard is a name that's going to pop up a lot. 
talented guy, injury history. Like, that's just what it is, you know? Guy was a potential Heisman Trophy winner in 2019, 2020, fell off the map, had was injured most of the year. How is he healing from it? What's the real injury there? Because colleges don't really do great with releasing that kind of information. Um, the rest of it, you can do interviews at campus. You can do interviews at pro days. You can do interviews whenever you need to. You can see these guys run around in their underwear at all their pro days. So, I mean, you're really not missing anything. Yeah, it's not all laser timed, but, I mean, you film it, you can get the exact exact time you need. It's not more. It's not really about the timing. It's more about how fluid these guys move. You know, if a guy runs a four four forty, but he looks like he's running like Matt Ryan out there trying to run a four four forty, it's not as impressive as a guy who's running like Julio Jones in the four four forty. So, it's how they move, not what are they doing, not what are the results. Yeah, I mean the the hardest part with the no combine is just. None of this stuff is standardized, I guess, to one central location, which is kind of hard. Like, like you'll read, like the other day I was looking at something that popped up on my Twitter and it was like University of Kentucky Pro Day and they had like two dudes run 4240s. I'm like, all right, man, like, <laughs> sure. I, I, I'll, <laughs> like, I mean, I'll let you all hype your guys up, but like a lot of this stuff is is definitely inflated. I mean, like a good a good one that I brought up a couple, that was a, a couple years ago, like Jamal Adams, uh, he runs like almost a four six at I mean like close to a four six like high four fives at the combine and then LSU pro day he's running a four three all of a sudden like I know you didn't get that much faster in you know the four weeks since the combine so like you just gotta take all this stuff with uh, a grain of salt but just in terms of covering it like I can just talk to my experience about as a beat reporter when I was working with the Daily News uh, so like it, whether it's a Jets or a Giants game what happens is you know you go to the game game gets played after the game's over you go to the locker room interview all the guys and then write your stuff and then head home but with covid it was like you go i went to i went to one jets game it was the jets game where they lost the 49ers and raheem moster on the first play of the game ran 80 yards for a touchdown uh and i remember i was sitting there there's no fans uh at the end of the game we have to wait for them to email us a link to a Zoom meeting where Adam Gates is going to be there and we can talk to him. So we're sitting up there in the press box and all of us are like trying to talk over each other. There's people echoing because like someone sitting right next to me could be asking a question. So we all hear it on all of our computers. So I was like, yo, I'm not coming back to the stadium. <laughs> a vaccine. So that, that's how it was different for me. Like I've done a lot of talking to guys like over video games that I wouldn't get to do uh, in a locker room. So that that that's definitely how it changed my life. And with the combine, like I said, it's, it's just you got to believe what you want to believe, I guess, because I'll see people for prospects that they don't like. They'll say, oh, watch out for this pro day. Prospects they do like, they'll take everything without even blinking about it. So, you know, I would say just take everything with a grain of salt. And most of these times that you're looking at are probably fake. But I think the jumps are safe to be standardized across everything because you're just jumping. I think the shuttles too, because I don't think those were always hand time to begin with. Yeah. So, and, I mean, a lot, even, even at the combine when it's in session, a lot of teams will still just use like their hand time sheets, like that they have scouts look at at the actual event. So I don't know how much this is changing for teams. I think Scott nailed it though. The medicals, 
like there are only a handful of guys that made the trip to Indianapolis that could get poked and prodded. But like Scott said, Chuba Hubbard, that's definitely a guy that needs to go there. And I'm sure there were other guys too. Yeah. I guess this one of the things I thought about was this a little bit unfortunate for some of the guys that might have needed the combine to kind of pop if their school wasn't really having a pro day or they didn't have the ability to have like a film crew make those little cool YouTube videos to get themselves out there. And also for the players that are signing those one year deals because COVID kind of fucked up the money. So um, because guys worked their whole life and now they might not cash out like they normally would have. But again, people are getting vaccinated. Stuff is opening up. Like I said, I get my last vaccine Friday. Uh, So I'll be hopefully good to go. But uh, real quick. Yeah, it's not that bad. Uh, Real quick. uh, When we were talking about Kyle Pitts, nobody uh, mentioned uh, the prospect getting a Jamar Chase, which was another uh, interesting uh, pick the week ago. Would that bother you guys with Jamar Chase to kind of be a Julio Jones future replacement or? I mean, that would bother me because I don't think he's as good as Kyle Pitts. Like, if you're going to stay at four, either take a quarterback or take the best player in the draft. Uh, and, you know, like Chase, like, he's going to be your wide three. I don't know. Like, let's just roll it back with Russell Gage. Yeah, that's where I'm at, man. I don't think Chase is a next-generation like next tier wide receiver either. I think he's extremely good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's going to be DeAndre Hopkins or anything. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like we all remember how, how AJ Green and Julio Jones recovered coming out of that draft. Like when you watch, <laughs> them, yes. when you watch them, like there is no doubt, like, okay, this is, this is it. Like this is someone's going to be top five receiver, top 10, like right out the gate. I just don't feel that way about Chase. Like, I feel like with those prospects, it should be as easy as looking at A.J. Green or Julio Jones and saying, there it is right there. Exactly. You should be hearing the guys from coming in America in your head the whole time. Right. And like that, that's how I feel about Kyle Pitts. Like, I look at him yeah. like, this is the easiest evaluation I've made this offseason. Yeah, you sit there and you hear those guys. That boy, good. Like, that's all you hear every time you watch him play. Like, you just know it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's how you feel when you watch Trevor Lawrence. I don't get that feeling with some of these other quarterbacks. I get it with Justin Fields. I get it with Trevor Lawrence. I see it sometimes with Trey Lance. I think if you could get him to his potential, Trey Lance is right up there too. But I don't get it with Wilson. And Mac Jones reminds me so much of Matt Ryan coming out of college. I mean, he really does. Not really the best arm. Not really the fastest guy. Just an average kind of dude, but he's just really smart. And he's going to be make some team very happy being the Andy Dalton at worst that he is for years. Jesus. So, okay, to the Mac Jones thing. So uh, there's a kind of a theory out there. This Mac Jones to the 49ers thing might be a bit of a troll, like a, just a huge elaborate smoke screen, because it would make no sense to take that guy. I think they're going fields. The other guys. I would, I, I would love to see Fields. I truly think they're going Fields. Fields spends all his time at the Shanahan camps every summer. Like Fields is, to me, that's their pick. Um, I think one and two are basically set. I think it's Lawrence and Zach Wilson because the Jets are idiots and they're going to take Zach Wilson. <laughs> um, Charles, would, Charles would know a lot about this. Yeah, they're taking it. Exactly. <laughs> they're taking it. 
Y'all know I hate that man. Y'all know I fucking hate that man. I fucking hate him. Fuck him. Fuck San Francisco, except for the food. Fuck the earthquakes. Fuck Stanahan, his daddy, his bald-headed granny. Fuck all of them. They can all go to hell. Uh, I don't feel that strongly, but... I actually, I actually think that. Oh no, this is a this is a running gag at this point. She, <laughs> I, she I hates him. I went up there to take Trey Lance just for the same reasons that I think Trey Lance makes sense for the Falcons. Like, if they're if they're adamant about Jimmy G staying here throughout this season, then I think Trey Lance probably makes more sense than Justin Fields. Like, if you're that adamant on not pushing uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, then you know, take someone that the fans won't be clamoring for to play like right away, I guess. And I, I just, I guess like Trey Lance's floor is lower. That makes more sense for him to sit for a year than for someone like Justin Fields. But, you know, I, I just can't buy that you would trade three first round picks for Mac Jones. Like, <laughs> why? And the funny yeah, part. No shot. They're not you know, doing that. I, I don't think they are either. And the, like the funny part is people go, oh, you know, he's like a Shanahan quarterback, but like he what Mac like Mac Jones didn't do that well in play action last year. And you know, and the, the, the funny thing I talk I, I I've talked about people when you say, Oh, you know, this guy's a Shanahan quarterback, like it usually just means something you need things to be easy for him, you know? And who like who why had, Shanahan I, had a quarterback, man? Like right. that's really good outside of Matt Ryan. No one like, didn't they have CJ? Didn't no didn't one. Shanahan have like CJ oh, Bathard like having yeah. averaging like forty two points a game one night? Yeah, he had a a great yeah. Monday night game. One it was like a Thursday or Monday night game where he had like yeah. forty two points. I was like, <laughs> right. and like yeah, Shanahan he couldn't win a game with CJ Bethard or Jimmy G or Nick Mullins, but. Why not get someone with a much higher ceiling that that like if you still want to be like the control freak that you are, right. you can still do that. I think with Trey Lance, you get the high end potential upside. So, uh, and and also like like Scott, I'm sure you notice this like when you watch North Dakota State film, like just aesthetically, their offense looks like a pro style offense, like that Shanahan would run a lot of under center, high formation, like it like like what Mike Shanahan would run, yeah. Yeah, it's like a it's like a <laughs> not what Kyle Shanahan runs, but like what Mike runs, yeah. Right, it's like a throwback, like it's kind of offense like that. So I, I, I just think there, yeah, for Lance is my guess. But whoever they don't take, that's not Mac Jones. Is I think who the Falcons could take. I, I think Here's if it's not one of the quarterbacks, it's Pitts. Yeah, you know it, it and I think. Charles and I are hearing the same things from the same guys too. Like it's one of those three. And I don't think, I think the Mac Jones hype is way overrated. I think he ends up going to the Patriots. If we're being honest here. I think that's the fit that people aren't talking about. Okay. Um, Jeff, is there anything else Falcons related you want to talk about? Cause I have something I want to ask them real quick. Um, my future ex-husband hates the gradient jerseys just like oh, me. So, Christ. we are one in the same. They're terrible. But who's your future ex-husband? Arthur Smith. Arthur Why? Smith. <laughs> that empire. I am getting a piece of that FedEx empire. Right, I, 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 because I, honestly, I, I get it. 
I, I watch these Arthur Smith videos and I'm like, I don't know, this guy seems a little swagless. Like I'm a little. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, but but if you're if you're trying that's to get the like, only way to quant, I'm here for that. Yeah, look, he, he's swagless, but he's rich as fuck. Okay, <laughs> I'm getting that bag. Do you hear me? Right, and I right. I think Arthur might work out because, like, you got to be kind of crazy to come from FedEx money. And still like grind through NFL coaching ranks. Like if you give me that money, bro, I'm you will never hear from me again. So nah, listen. Right. So he he might be he crazy. Has to love football. <laughs> I disagree from, from Arthur. Like, who knows? Look, if y'all don't see me on Twitter one day, you already know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, I'll still be out there. Let me like let me cash up. Like, let me cash up, y'all. A hundred dollars, okay? I got hundred. Right, right. She'll be out here looking you, like I'm taxing. What are you talking hey, about? Come get me a BBL, okay? I'm just out right. here. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, I would oh. like a booty. Damn it! I'm tired of being a pancake. It's not funny. Damn, they always laughing at me. It ain't funny. You know what hey. it's like to be shaped like a pea? It's horrible. <laughs> I mean, someone's gonna like the pancakes, right? Like fucking Wendy Williams out here. Like, oh my god, fucking pea. <laughs> I'm tired of this shit. So to kind of to tie in the, the shade ahead tie, let's let's talk about uh, something that's been equally ridiculous on the timeline. I just want to get y'all's takes. It's not going to take more than like two seconds, but the whole uh, Julian Edelman retiring and, and there are people no. in this no. world. His was no. down. He was not down. He was not down. Uh, Beyonce's internet Sorry. to think this man is a... Uh, Hall of Fame wide receiver, and I, I would I just just from the faces I know the answer, but I would like to hear you verbalize it. Look, look, everybody in this room, and everybody that's watching this, or anybody to be thinking about listening to this, knows <laughs> why people are saying Julian Elman's Hall of Fame. But you know why? It's the mm-hmm. moments, and he's also white. Like, <laughs> and he's white exactly. <laughs> it's a it's a little. I mean, it's a it's a it's a little little white dude that's made a bunch of plays that all of us remember. And it's Boston. Like, of course they're going to push that shit. But he's not a Hall of Famer. Fuck out of here. You know who's more of a Hall of Famer? Roddy White. If you go mm. game stats for what Julian Edelman did, outside of playing more games, they're exactly the same. Roddy White and Julian Edelman. Honestly, White scored more touchdowns in a per-game manner. Right. And, like, I, I saw Actually people has saying, the regular season success, too. Right. I saw people saying that, like, that's why, like, Julian Edelman was the reason they won those Super Bowls, but he ain't the reason they got there. Like, <laughs> like any the reason they won either. He's not even the reason they won either. He just the, reason, the reason they won is this old crotchety asshole named Bill Belichick. Yeah. And, like, the only one that I'll be like, all right, maybe they won that game was because of Edelman was the Rams one because he won MVP and was pretty good in that game. But outside of that, it's just a, it's a couple plays that you remember. That's not Hall of Fame worthy. Well, the one where they won 13 to 3? Right, like the most boring. <laughs> like, the one where they, the one where they, where their defense held the other team to three points. Yeah, Julian Edelman's why they won that one. Yeah, I mean, like I literally can't name you any moment of Julian Edelman's like career where I've been like, yeah, this guy's gonna be a Hall of Famer. There's been like maybe two plays a game where I'm just like, oh, okay, he did something cool, nice, and then that's it. Does Russ Walker belong in the Hall of Fame? 
he's got a better case than Edelman. I still say no. Exactly. 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 I, I don't think Roddy White belongs in the Hall of Fame, but if Julian ooh, Edelman's in the Hall of Fame, I'm burning the damn thing down and putting Roddy in myself. Yeah, it's dude. I, I before I got on here, I saw someone like questioning Julio Jones. I'm like, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Julio Jones is a five-time <laughs> All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler. You know, the last time a five-time All-Pro got held out of the Hall of Fame, To probably. Like, yeah, Yo. <laughs> but like, To was a dick. Julio Jones is a dude who's hanging out with squirrels in the offseason. <laughs> like. Let's call it what Me it is. Yep. <laughs> Me and a squirrel. It is dumb. Like, it, like I saw a video today where someone was like, it was like on third and three, who do you fear more? Like it was uh Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, or Edelman. I'm like, not Edelman, not Edelman. Why? Like, how do you make it on that list? If I need, I'm, I'm, I'm going Calvin. Not like the other. I'm, I'm going Calvin. Right. Right. Exactly. I, mean, I don't even yeah. want to argue. Like I just, I just. Yeah, that wasn't the point. Get away, <laughs> get away from me if you're saying Edelman in that situation. But oh, I'm cutting Edelman off my team for that situation. Yeah, I mean, anyone saying Edelman is just a, a hype. He's not on the field in that situation. Yeah. Not with those three guys. <laughs> This, you give the, me Julio Jones and come on, man. Right. Edelman's not even on the field. If you're I mean, saying Julian Edelman Hall of Fame, I need to know where you were when the Capitol was stormed. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great point. <laughs> that is a great point. Uh, you were probably right. there. Wowzers. <laughs> All right. Let me again kind of tie into the Falcons as well. I got, got some other questions for you. So there was a, a quarterback in the state of Texas that the Falcons fans wanted to bring home, right? Who is going through some uh, pretty wild personal issues that it seems day by day the story gets a little bit uh, crazier. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on a demon time Deshaun Watson? Woo! <laughs> I'm not touching this one with a 10 foot pole. I mean, the wild boy. Yeah. I'm not mm. touching this one with a 10 foot pole. Just should I would. Look, I, I like him as a player, but I'm gonna let that all get sorted out. Right, that that's the fair thing to do. But I guess the thing with that with me is just like how crazy all of this shifted. I mean, what, two months ago, we're talking about the Giants, or not the Giants, uh, the Panthers. Dolphins, Dolphins, Panthers. Like, are they gonna trade you know three first round picks and franchise players for Deshaun? And now we've gone to like there's a chance there's like a real chance like if all of this stuff is true that he'll never play again uh mm -hmm. and you know like I, people that are talking about trade market i'm like what are you talking about right now? Like, <laughs> like we need to find out if he like assaulted 20 women or not uh and it's just it's not a good situation and like i don't know what you do if you're the texans like it's just it's it's a crappy situation to be in and the thing with Watson is like you gotta kind of be patient because I, I don't even know if this gets fit, like solved this year, mm -hmm. uh, and I imagine that when the first second that Goodell has a chance to put him on the exempt list, he's going on there because the last mm -hmm. thing that I'm about to let happen if I'm the commissioner of the NFL is let Deshaun Watson get in front of the mic at training camp and talk about this to reporters. Like you gotta nip all this in the bud immediately when he comes in the exempt list, and then just let the court system play out. But like, if this is still going on to next year, I have no idea what you do. I mean, this is a Darren Sharper 
potential situation. Like he's, he's either going to end up like Darren Sharper or it's going to end up like nothing ever happened. But no matter what happens there, like, yeah, it was, it was bad. Jackson should have traded him while his value was high and all this stuff came out because they're good. I, I mean, they'd be lucky to get a third for him right now with where it's at. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with Scott. At all. <laughs> yeah. just, just the whole thing is just, just like, I don't, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to put anybody like business out there. Cause it's not my business to talk about it. But like, if any of that stuff is true, cause like, I saw somebody put out a tweet that said, how do you get caught? Long? Like, how do you uh, have like 22 people telling a lie on you? Like, that's that's uh, and, kind and of indicative honestly, right there. When the, well, lawyer, when the lawyer came out and said, well, here's 18 that he didn't mess with. I'm like, okay, we're yeah. talking about 50 <laughs> massage therapists, bro. Wild 50. And, uh, and he's going through IG. Like, anytime I've ever wanted to go to the spa, I go through the website and sign up for there or, or I make a call to an official place. Like, Come on, like, it's just it's just it's not looking good. And like if you're if you're the NFL, I don't know how you can let them play week one. It's just, let, it's just let me just put this out there. I've been going to massage envy for years. In the ten years I've been going, I've had two different massage therapists, two, and it's because one was in Charleston, one is one is in Atlanta. That's it. I don't understand how this dude has like fifty different massage therapists. I'm with Charles there. So I'm I'm gonna say what someone said on Twitter. If this is true, he's a horrible fucking person and deserves to go to jail. If yep. this is not true, then the Texans organization is horrible. They need to be more horrible than we thought they were. The Texans organization is the worst organization in football right now. Yeah, they need to be eradicated. They're awful, but. But this is something that I don't even think that Easterby would be trying to pull off. Like, you, you like this. Is, like, I don't know, man. That it, dude is awful. I like. I know he's bad. He's he's a horrible human being. I would not put it past him. And I think it's just because of like where, what I know about him, from what like some Texans people have told me. Like, nah, man. Yeah, he's a freak. But like, also, <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a horrible human being, man. He's yeah. like. He's like trying to be Joel Osmond or whatever, whatever the preacher guy is, while Both also team. trying to run a football Both team. team. Like, yeah, I don't oh, know these people. Man, I'm Jewish. Don't <laughs> get me started on him, Lord. I mean, I mean, but it's just the fact that the lawyer has said, "Oh, we have 18 people that like that." Kind of to me eliminates the Texans from doing stuff because. I mean, the Texans think they got massage therapists on their own. Like, I feel like they'd rather just trade Watson be doing with this. Uh, so, but I feel, you know, the, the most sinister thing possible would be, you know, if he's not going to show up, this would be like, if you're the most evil person on the planet, this would have to be like your recourse for that. But I just, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm naive on that. I just kind of find it hard to believe that they would go through all this instead of just getting rid of him or doing Sorry. something to appease him. Like all you have to do is just interview the enemy and Saleh, and that's something you should have been doing anyways. And now, somehow, we've ended up here. Yeah. <laughs> and and they hired some random quarterback coach from Baltimore. Not and saying he, he didn't truly deserve the job or anything. He's probably that organization had. Wow, he hired Lovey Smith to be his defensive but, coordinator. I think he might be unqualified. No, he's definitely unqualified. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just saying, like, he was probably qualified for a coordinator spot and could have had a shot. But, I mean, yeah, Eric we'll Bannamy was the right call there. There, yeah, there was no other call for them. We'll see what happens with his Watson stuff, but it's not going to be for a long time before it's all settled and done. So I would just yeah. say, like, if you got picks on that, just keep them in the chamber for now. <laughs> yeah, so I, I get Scott's position. I get Charles' I get Jalen's position. I get all y'all's position. Uh, the, the only reason I brought it up is for the, the weirdos on Twitter that think they know, like, people personally. Like, just because he's clean cut, he's a great athlete, all that stuff, he's from Georgia, whatever. Like, we don't know these people. And the thing that bothered me is there's a lot of particularly men that were going on the timeline automatically assuming that these women were lying just because it's Deshaun Watson. He would never do that. I'm sure people thought that about Darren Sharper as well. So, and, and, I thought that uh, about Michael Vick, man. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And then a uh, shout to heart. Uh, the homie on Twitter, Adriana, the one massage therapist, girls, Falcons fan, big United fan on Twitter. Um, she posted a thread and she said she's dealt with things like that. So I was like, mm. you know, that's mad disrespectful to people like her that are in this industry. So just just remember when stuff like this happens, man. We don't know these people. They're athletes. They're, you know, they're not perfect. They're not infallible. So, right. I mean, he wouldn't like this is obviously a very extreme case, but he wouldn't be the first athlete to have a clean image and then do something fucked up. So, uh, like you said, you don't know these people and. You know, you just don't need to get on Twitter and defend them like it's your damn your family. Like, you know, like, it, oh, it just, yeah, like, you, you can't, you can just, it is perfectly just okay to shut up sometimes. Roddy like, White, exactly. Roddy, exactly. Roddy Bro, White, that was an awful terrible take. <laughs> Roddy White, the player, love him. Roddy White, the tweeter, horrible, fucking idiot. <laughs> like, and then he left it up for like what three, four days? Yeah, he left, he it, left it up for like days. two days. And and just like, guy. okay, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to leave that up for that long. Right. Like, you stupid motherfucker. God damn. Hey man, read the room, dog. Like that that ain't it, bro. So <laughs> that that oh. is definitely not it. But um interesting times, man. Interesting times. Um, uh, let me be annoying. Let me get some uh, season predictions. Uh, Scott, what are your expectations for this season? If they hit the draft, well, nine and eight. If oh, they forgot don't we got hit- an extra game. I was like, nine and eight. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Let it drink in. That extra game <laughs> against the Jaguars. I actually feel confident about that one. We'll see. Um, I'm gonna go see that one. Before, before I say anything, you know, the fact that they approved the 17 like game season and then having it be like nine and eight and eight and nine being like a like a a record is awful. Yeah. <laughs> like so, that doesn't even yeah, sound so right. With you there, I think the fact that all 17 of those extra games aren't neutral site games makes no sense. Because that'd be a great way to have fun and like as a marketing way. Like how fun would it to be? How fun would it be? Uh, how fun would it be to have, say, the Panthers and the Jaguars play at Williams Bryce Stadium in Columbia every single year, the same way that Georgia and Florida play in Jacksonville? You know, create real rivalries in between the conferences. Have Atlanta and Tennessee play. Like have real proximity rivalries that make sense. Not the way they did it. The way they did it didn't make any sense. Oh, they made dollars, though. Yeah. Charles, I guess my got? season prediction, I don't really have a record uh, in mind, but I do, I do expect the offense to be 
like whether or not they pick Kyle Pitts, I think that barring injury, this offense should be back into top 10 territory. And that's just the expectations that I have on Arthur Smith. I mean, you're, you were here to fix the offense. Matt Ryan is, you know, 36. You need to fix it now. Uh, so, you know, good offense, but this defense, man, like I just think it's going to be awful. Uh, like Grady, Grady, obviously phenomenal player. Uh, Debo, Foyer, steady linebacker, Terrell. I don't know how high his upside is, but he's already proven that he can play. It's just there's so much work that still needs to be filled out. Like, I don't know if you can just bank on Oliver, like, recreating that performance from last year. Uh, they still need another corner outside of that. Like Scott said earlier in the show, you need two safeties because I watched some Eric Harris film, and I can tell you if he ends up starting – 17 games uh they're gonna have a bottom five defense uh it's just like you know we talk about like what's critical in winning in today's nfl and i think it's pass defense and i just cannot be convinced that the falcons have anything better than like the 25th pass defense like at best for me so i i'm like i don't think that this is any indictment on dean pease the play caller because i think he's a phenomenal coach but you just I just don't see the horses and I don't see how you get them in time for them to be respectable defense this year. I think you're being generous too. I think you're being optimistic saying 25th, like, <laughs> like they Eric Harris is garbage <laughs> from what I saw. As right. and, like, and if Eric, if Eric Harris isn't starting, you're starting like two rookies or a rookie and Jalen Hawkins. Like it's just yeah. I have more faith in Hawkins than Harris, honestly, but yeah. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not going to be pretty. Or you push Oliver back. I'd I'd rather see Oliver and Hawkins start at free safety and strong safety than put Eric Harris back there. And then you need another corner. Like it's a horrible defense. Yeah, then you could have the problem having another. <laughs> I mean, corner. you're gonna need corners anyway. Right. Maybe Sheffield flips it, flips a switch or something this year in his third year. I don't know. Right. And he's, and that, he's that, competent. That's kind of why, like, if you're not, if you're, if you want to win right now. And you're anti-quarterback, like just take pits and say fuck defense. We're too far gone on that side of the ball. Let's just fill out our roster with like NFL players who have two lungs of heart and can breathe, and then we'll try again next year. So I kind of want to ask you, like, if if we were like you said, the 25th defense in the NFL, how good how good would our offense have to be rank wise to make up for that? Like Top second. five, top three, <laughs> like second. Look look, 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 I will say this. I think the NFC South. It's a weird year this year, man. Like you got you got the 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 Saints doing the Tamus Hill show. Uh, Carolina's trying out. Uh, Carolina's trying out Sam Darnold. Like I don't see like why the Falcons couldn't finish second in the division, but and maybe like if enough things break away. Maybe you're crawling for like that seventh seed, but still, like even that is kind of hard for me to see with how this defense is currently set up. But I mean, we, we've seen we've seen even in Falcons history plenty of times that uh, a good offense can carry a bad defense to the playoffs, and then you kind of fizzle out there. So I think that would be like the ceiling for this Falcons team. Like you get to the wild card and you had a fun season. And let's be honest here, they're a season-ending injury away from being the team that's favored to win the division. Like. When, when you look at that defense, when you look at uh, Tampa Bay, who else can run that team but Tom Brady? That's I mean, fair. I think Gabbard's a black backup. I'm not 
concerned about that. Yeah, Blaine Gabbard's going to run them to a two and fifteen record if he has to start after. And both of those wins will come against the Falcons. Yeah, he, he did contest. He did contest when he was the backup for what the 49ers. Yeah, I was so yeah, bad. I was like, bro, yeah when they kicked on the one yard line, that was yep. Un- mm. <laughs> <laughs> you should have known Dan Quinn wasn't in it, wasn't it then? Let's be honest here. Oh, we should have just promoted Shanahan after that game. Blank <laughs> ever still in the league, man. That is that's incredible. That shit was funny, man. <laughs> incredible, bro. Yeah, I just got so many just memories of anger just brought back. That's when Dan, Dan Quinn was the most Atlanta Falcons coach. He was perfect. Just like he he brought some good, but he brought some bad with that good. And the good times are like as good as you'll good find in the NFL. As good as you can get in the NFL, but the bad but times are just unbelievable. He was the most Atlanta coach we ever had for the Falcons. Yeah. Highest the highest. I, I, think, it's, I think it's early success. Uh, yeah. I think his early success was a double edged sword, man. Like, because this kind of put them in fantasy world of like, hey, we just need one piece, one piece, one piece. And you know, never look. worked out. So. I, I just need a Falcon. I just yeah. need them to be fun to watch this year. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, that's that is my oh. prediction as well. I just need them to be fun. I just like, need them to not I play don't care stupid. about a record stats or nothing. I just need them to be fun. Like how the last the last two years have just been abysmal. How about let's just not play stupid? Like if you're up <laughs> up by a touchdown with 64 seconds left, don't let them win. If there's an onside kick. And you're winning by three points, and you just jump on it, and you win. Jump on the fucking ball, like yeah. don't play like idiots. That's it's all dead. I'm asking. That's it. That yeah. is it. Look. Don't frustratingly piss me off to where I'm throwing shit around the house all every. Scott, all day. how long have you been rooting for this team? Forever. That's okay. the problem. So you should know okay. that. Okay. No and no when has this ever changed? <laughs> right. No matter who's in charge, it could be. I feel like if Bill Belichick came down here. We would have some and they still find possible. a way to do something stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> there would be less stupid. All right. I just want yeah. less of the stupid, stupid is still stupid. That's it. Yeah, but with Mike Smith, we had stupid like two games. With Dan Quinn, we had it for like seven a, a year. Like, let's minimize it. At least one Mike of, Smith minimized the stupid. One of those one of those teams went to the Super Bowl because of stupid. <laughs> like it, it, they're just gonna do something stupid regardless. It, they're just stupid. The entire franchise is just stupid. Bro, yeah, and then on. they and then they played that Super Bowl from halftime on like fucking idiots. Stupid. And that's who they are. It's in the DNA. It's who they are. <laughs> who Dan Quinn is. He's a choker. It's who the Atlanta Falcons are. <laughs> it's not even just and yes, sadly, sadly, Dan Quinn is a top five Atlanta coach of all He's time. Probably like oh, we had some real fucking like, terrible coaches. We have easily. Uh, he's probably bad. second behind Mike Smith, if we're being honest. Yeah, he took us to a Super Bowl, but he would his low was lower than Smith's. That is true. Darius was too much. Mike Smith, Mike Smith is Smith the was most, steady most and winning most winning in Falcons history, though. So shout I out think Dimitrov is why Smith was bad in 13 and 14, if we're being honest. Uh injury was that the injury apocalypse here oh, yeah that was injury apocalypse left tackle center yeah <laughs> bro that was bad <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah that was a, that was a, those are rough times rough i times. blame dimitrov 
That was so funny. I remember I was watching that game. I was like, what the fuck is going on on my <laughs> I don't understand anything at all. This Why is number 80 playing right tackle right now? This doesn't <laughs> right. make any damn sense. Dude, like, I met Matt Ryan walked back to drop a cast in that game, and it was like a goddamn firing squad. Like, every play. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the funny thing was that Levine Toilolo was probably like the second best option that day, too, because the other ones were just that bad. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I was looking at their the draft history the other day, and I couldn't believe that Lamar Holmes was only on the team for like two, three seasons. Like, it felt Bro, like he was there, I for, felt like he was there for forever. <laughs> he like broke his foot at some point or something like that, or his ankle or whatever. I'm not sure it would have mattered. <laughs> yeah, sure it enough. wouldn't have mattered. How they took how they took Peter Kahn's over Kalechi Osemele too. Okay, Kahn's like that year. Okay. He's kind of, that's yeah, that that is. Hans was weak though. I'm not giving. He couldn't hold the. He couldn't hold an anchor, man. <laughs> I mean, you can you can draft somebody in hopes of them being able to do that. That's just strength and conditioning at that point. Like, if he has the talent to do something, you can draft him and be like, okay, you, you can either okay. do it or you can't. We're gonna sit you in this offseason program. Natural leverage. We're gonna sit you in this offseason program for like a year, and you're just gonna lift all the weights, eat all the food. <laughs> Like I'd rather have somebody who can like who knows how to like somewhat play, but it turned out he didn't know how to do either. But you know, you can't teach a dude natural leverage. That's all I'm gonna say. That's true. Eh, eh. I'm I sorry. Don't, I, don't I don't even like I, I don't like, even think that our drafts have been like that bad. That's the crazy part. They've been I about want, even. I want offensive linemen who were wrestlers in high school because they at least know how to get low and push people around. Or at least look like they used to wrestle in high schools and like they understand leverage. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of agree with Jalen. Like, I don't know if our drafts, like, compared to the rest of the league, I don't know if it's been that bad. Free agency, though, Dimitrov was yeah. awful, man. Out, like, outside of that where they got some new awful, Mac, like, he, he was not good at all. I'll give him the 2016. Well, they got like Matt Claiborne, Sanu. Yeah, uh, like that one was really good. But everything else was just like, okay. Like they they drafted they they signed somebody who was not good, and then yeah. they thought he was gonna be good, and then that was it. Ray Harris. I was just about to say, <laughs> <laughs> how many how many defensive line projects like failed? Ray Edwards, Solvi was okay. I, I still think he was Tyson, okay. Tyson Jackson sucked. Alan I think Jordan for the money they would have been better off getting Linval Joseph that year, though. Oh yeah, he'll sure, piss yeah. off. They never got Joseph. It's it's the money more than like the Tyson Jackson contracts, Solia contracts. Off obviously, like even as much as Tyson Jackson ended up playing, like he didn't bring it up as a pass rusher at all to justify that. Like you whiffed on Allen Bailey. I mean, it's just weird, like how bad he was at free agency, especially recently. I, it, it was crazy. I think he could have like, gotten Arakpo. For the money he gave Tyson Jackson that year too, what would have made more sense, Arakpo or J Tyson Jackson? Like he just had a lot of stupid mistakes. And some of the people that he signed, like they weren't like awful the year before, and they just became completely awful when they got to the Falcons. I don't know if it was like a like <laughs> like it was it was wild. Like they would sign somebody who's like, okay, this guy is pretty okay. Like he's not garbage, but he'll be better than the people we have. And then he just was worse than everybody else they had. Like yeah. it didn't make any sense. Yeah, I gotta hop off soon. Uh, any more questions before we got pop off? Uh, I think that's it. Y'all got anything else? 
No. Nope. All right. Cool. Well, on that note, Breeze is already gone. He had to go. But I appreciate Scott and Charles for coming on here. Yeah, Breeze only had an hour tonight, you know. He only had an hour. He's got to make his chicken or whatever the fuck he likes to cook. <laughs> it's usually chicken, though. It's usually chicken. But I really, really yeah, appreciate yeah. y'all even coming on. Yes. Uh, this has been great. This episode will come out next week. So if you're here now, you're not going to hear the episode till next week. All right. Go listen to the last one with me and Sammy. Um, y'all got any shout outs? Let's start with Charles. You have any shout outs? Uh, just follow me on Twitter at Four Verts. Uh, we got a bunch of draft stuff coming at the end of this week uh, with my coworker, Stephen Ruiz. Uh, and just follow us at For the Win. Uh, yeah, I'm just ready to for this draft to be over so I can enjoy my summer. <laughs> you and me both. Scott, you got any shout outs? Uh, yeah, just follow me on Twitter. It's Karasik S, C A R A S I K S. And, uh, yeah, I'm still working on that series of just potential Falcons draft picks. I have to read through my notebook with my really terrible handwriting and try and figure out which guy's which based on the the numbers. And sometimes I have to just go back and rewatch because I'm like, man, this is terrible. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm going to continue that. I'm working on running backs right now, finishing those out. And I'll work on linemen after that. But. Just keep following for the series. You'll see all of them soon. Bet Jalen. I have like two. I don't. I don't really do the shout out thing. My, oblig- my obligatory shout out to Aaron, or you know, just being Aaron, being hilarious, and then shout out to Charles because uh, I've been trying to get Charles on the podcast for like three years now. <laughs> I finally oh, yeah. was able to make them. <laughs> No, we, yeah. we were going to plan something like a couple years ago, and then it just, just completely fell apart. So it, it was whatever. It sounds so. like a lot of projects I worked on. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. Uh, you don't have to do nothing. You don't have to follow me. I don't really care. <laughs> I'm going to shit post regardless. So, <laughs> Josh, you got shout out? Um, just shout out to, to Charles and Scott. Thank you for coming on. And everyone who's listening and watching. And um, also shout out to my little boy, Kason. Love you. Huh, so glad you shout out your son this time. Because sometimes <laughs> you get mad and you forget. That was one week when they pissed me off. I, th- I think it was that Dallas game, but whatever. But, um, so, but yeah, that was it. <laughs> a horrible game. Shout out to Marcus in the, in the fucking comments. He has a bunch of Josh comments. Josh, you're gonna have to look at it after he's been I saw. I'm not gonna on your ass tonight. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the KTSE Av podcast. Shout out again. All, all their um, shit will be in the description box. I forgot what the fuck I was gonna say, so I said shit, but it's not shit. All their fucking Twitter handles and shit will be in the description. Golly, I need to go to bed. Okay. No, it's so, shit. It's Twitter. <laughs> It's, it's yeah, you know they, they do they do great shit. Okay, it's great shit. It's not bad shit. Shout out to Breeze. Um, he probably has shout outs, but he's not here anymore. So whatever in his chicken. And on that note, we are out of here. Tune in next time with whoever the fuck we interview next. I don't know who it's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll stop hoeing me, and I'll be able to come on next week too. Okay, Jalen, your work schedule is off. That's not my fault. Okay, okay, not my fault. 
All right, y'all. So Bree's gonna have to end this, but he's like making chicken. So we just have to all just leave the studio. Everybody just leave on the like. Yeah, just don't say nothing that you don't right. want the people to hear because we're live. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Now that I'm here, everybody knows.